Welcome to the Never Too Early Fantasy Football Podcast, where it is never too early for fantasy football. My name is Jeff Alex. As always, thank you for downloading, listening, liking, and commenting on our podcast videos. Please join our community by subscribing to us on the socials. Our handle on all platforms is at N2E Fantasy. We are also available on all major podcasting apps by searching N2E Fantasy. Alex, what do we have on today's show? On this episode of the Never Too Early Fantasy Football Podcast, we are covering this week's news and rumors around the league. What we will be breaking down after that, the top free agent destinations and the potential landing spots, as well as maybe some potential cuts and maybe some potential trade candidates as well. So we'll be going through all of that, but we can start with some post Super Bowl fallout and the Chiefs parade i'm sure a lot of people have heard by this point that there was some shootings there and they apprehended two suspects involved in the shootings i think 21 or 22 people were wounded one person died so that's not something that we want to see i think it was spontaneous and not planned as far as what we can tell but that is uh not something that this that should happen this day and age yeah it's really sad and a really happy time for the city of kansas city just got destroyed by this uh, tragedy and it kind of brought the parade and the celebration to an abrupt halt and uh it was over some squabble in the crowd too so it wasn't even over anything like serious so it's really sad that stuff like this has to happen we have to keep talking about stuff like this in society but we have more happy news coming and the happy news comes in the way of some re-signings Alex, the Ravens re-signed wide receiver Nelson Aguilar to a one-year contract worth a little under $4 million. It's a pretty good deal for the Ravens, right? Because I think he was maybe their second best weapon this year after yeah, I didn't, Flowers. I didn't think Bateman was worth any. Like, Bateman hasn't been worth the first-round pick, in my opinion. I don't think Nelson Aguilar has, but they didn't spend a first-round pick on him. The Eagles did. Uh, Odell Beckham wasn't quite it. So they bring in Nelson Aguilar probably as a third or fourth wide receiver, and they might look at other options to replace Odell Beckham. I think they'll probably look at the draft. So that makes sense to me. It's not a terrible deal. Uh, I thought since we were talking about the Chiefs, we also talk about the Chiefs re-signing their Super Bowl hero, which is their defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnola, who is basically the reason why they won uh, the Super Bowl to an extension. They're keeping him long-term. I don't think he's going to take a head coaching job elsewhere. I think he's the heir apparent to Andy Reid when he retires. So I think that's a good move for them. Jeff, I don't know how you feel about um, the Steve Spagnuolo extension, and I don't know how you feel about Nelson Aguilar with the Ravens. Yeah, so my thought on all of this is Nelson Aguilar is a great signing, $4 million for a receiver that's moderately productive in that offense. He's actually been moderately productive uh, everywhere that he's been. I think this is like third or fourth team, so he's been around the NFL for a little while and Spags resigning that was a no-brainer duh moment because I think he's the person that won them the Super Bowl and I don't know if they've thought further than that than you think they have with Andy Reid and Spags taking over for him potentially but I know for sure next year that they want Spags running their defense back after this previous year so I think it's TBD with Reid because we don't know how long he's gonna do this for like if they win a third one, is he going to just stop there? Or um, is he going to try to for, for four in a row? Um, so it's interesting there, but 
one defensive coordinator gets an extension and one defensive coordinator gets moved on from as the 49ers move on from Steve Wilkes. If everyone remembers correctly in the third quarter, Steve Wilkes called a play that Shanahan did not like and forced Shanahan to call a timeout in the third quarter. And I'm wondering if that was the death nail in Steve Wilkes's coffin. I just don't think he's going to find a defensive coaching job this season because it's so late in the hiring process. But uh, yeah, they moved on from him. Any thoughts on that? I think he is still uh, an above average to pretty good defensive coordinator. I just think there's sometimes when his formations were pretty predictable, and that was an issue when it comes to playoffs and playing against the best teams. Uh, he's the kind of guy that's I'm just going to line up my guys and show my cards and hope that my guys are better than your guys. So I think that he needs to change some things up in that regard, but I think he's still a pretty good defensive coordinator. I just don't think he was the, the best guy for the job for that particular personnel group. So maybe maybe he'll have a better chance somewhere else and maybe he'll learn from some of the obvious formations. Maybe he'll change his tune in that regard, but they needed, they needed to do something. Hey, I remember last year you were calling for the Carolina Panthers to hire their interim coach, Steve Wilkes. I'm old enough to remember that. This year you were calling on Antonio Pierce to get the head coaching job for the Raiders. So I don't know if we're going to have see some correlation on that here, but we do know that Raiders quarterback backup quarterback as of right now jimmy garoppolo is suspended for two games after a ped uh positive test and the raiders are likely to cut him prior to the beginning of the league year but this also frees up all of his guaranteed money so this is a big favor to the raiders from the nfl any thoughts around jimmy garoppolo here does he go anywhere well i just thought it was interesting going from 49ers coach to a 49ers former quarterback jimmy garoppolo um i think that he's desperately trying to stay relevant by taking performance enhancing drugs and he got caught and i think this could be the end of the road for him at least as a starter they'll probably cut him and use clauses in his contract to get rid of him i think it's time that they move on i still think aiden o'connell has potential but he was a low draft pick so they might want to go for someone in this draft and i want to go for a veteran i can totally see that happening if they want to move in a different direction I think that Jimmy Garoppolo's time is done. And to touch back on the Steve Wilkes, I thought he did a really good job as the skipper for the Panthers when he took over as the interim. And I think he would be potentially better as a head coach than he is a defense coordinator. Um, Antonio Pierce did an even better job with the Raiders than Wilkes did with the Panthers. I think Pierce is the real deal, or at least looks like the real deal right now. And we'll see with the second full season. We'll see. If Pierce is, is the guy there with the Raiders, but I really like Pierce a lot. I like Pierce a lot more than I like Wilkes. Yeah, we'll see how that goes at the end of the day. And uh, yeah, I agree with everything that you said. We can move on to another team in that same division. It looks like Denver is moving on from Russell Wilson. He and his wife, Ciara, have been listening to offers on their mansion. They've, they've put it up for sale. So it looks like they're looking to move because he knows he's not going to be there next season. Jeff, do you think Russell Wilson's done with Denver? Do you think he's going to be on a different team next year? Well, I think Russell Wilson is going to be on another team next year. Um, the offers are tea leaves that I'm reading into that. I don't know where he goes. I don't know if he's part of Atlanta's rebuild. I don't know if he's part of another team's quarterback need. Maybe even Minnesota needs another quarterback. Well, We'll touch on that in a little bit, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, 
I think Russ is probably played his last down as a Bronco, but there is that dead cap. There is the fact that his new contract hasn't went into effect yet. So we're just going to have to see what happens with Russ and the Broncos. Um, I don't think he's going to do them any favors on the way out the door. I mean, is he even a starting quarterback at this point? He'll be 36 this coming season. He absolutely is. He was one of the uh, 16 best quarterbacks last year when he was playing. I don't agree with that, but I think he still can start. So I'll at least meet you halfway. Okay. Uh, we can talk about the Vikings next. It's rumored that the Vikings are not interested in giving Kirk Cousins or Justin Jefferson fully guaranteed contracts and might not even want to guarantee past one year. Jeff, do you think that's a mistake on the Vikings standpoint? What do you think they should do with these two guys? Well, I think you said it best last week with um, Kirk Cousins should get a three-year deal, first two years fully guaranteed, call it a day, uh, give him his 45 per year. So I don't know what, what's that equal over three years at 135.5 million, I believe, so, somewhere in there, 135 million. Yeah, it's 135 million. So over three years, give them that, call it a day. Jefferson is a once in a generational wide receiver. And the fact that they're going to play chicken with one their once in a generational wide receiver is funny. And he'll just be a free agent in three years because he's going to get tagged three times. I don't get what the incentive is for Justin Jefferson to sign a long-term deal. If only the first year is guaranteed, why not just play on the tags? So. Well, I don't, if I'm Justin Jefferson, I don't see the point of signing to an extension at all until I know what the quarterback situation is. And the Vikings, I don't think can do better than Kirk Cousins. So they might as well agree to a deal. I'm glad you agree with my contract idea that, you know, give him a three-year deal guaranteed two of them. So at least you have a third year out when he's close to 40. I just think Kirk Cousins is, the best option for them knows the offense playing at a high level. I don't know that any of the quarterbacks as talented as this quarterback group is for the draft. None of them are guaranteed guys. They're unknown what their pro level is going to be. They're all prospects, maybe even highly rated prospects. And we're definitely going to talk about that very soon. We'll be doing our draft preview. We'll do our combine coverage. We will do our pre-draft or post-draft. We'll do all of that. It's a very talented group, but Kirk Cousins now is real and i think he's the best option for them he's the best free agent quarterback as well i don't know why they're playing games i understand the hesitancy in fully guaranteed contracts i think that they can come to an agreement that's in the middle come to a compromise get it done lock justin jefferson up i have no price limit for justin jefferson he's the best wide receiver in the league in my opinion um i have no qualms about giving him whatever he asked for so i don't know what the hesitation is here they need to figure it out. Otherwise, they're they're just going to be a joke. Yeah, it sounds like they're willing to give him whatever he asks for as long as it's not more than one year guaranteed. So, like, if he wants $40 million a year, they're going to guarantee that first 40 and the rest we'll see. It sounds like they're open to the rest of the structure except for guaranteeing past that first year. I mean, at this point, they should just trade him to they should just trade him to the Bengals for, for Higgins plus something and uh, call it a day. You think the Bengals can afford it for receivers? And... I think Joe Burrow would, would ask them to make it happen. That's what I think. Then he better take a ginormous fake cut and be one of the lower-paid quarterbacks in the league. Maybe. I don't know. Other wide receiver news to talk about. Also for another purple team, uh, Zay Flowers, the investigation into him and domestic violence, was suspended by the local police. Uh, no charges are being filed. It looks like this was maybe a false accusation or maybe there was no proof. So there will not, it's likely there will not be league discipline. Jeff, is that how you're reading the situation as well? And do you have any more details to add? Yeah, I think that he's in the clear and uh, we can draft him as normal. But 
as you called them the purple team earlier when i started dating my significant other i referred to one of the teams as the purple team and i was told i was dumb because they knew what team that was so you just you made me laugh because <laughs> you brought that back but uh but yeah it does seem like zay flowers is the guy and uh it does seem like he's going to be not suspended and he's going to be the one next year for Lamont. Which is good because he is a receiver that I've liked this whole the, since he was drafted and since the draft process. So I I liked him. Uh, I'm glad that he's not being charged with any kind of issue like that. So I'm excited for him to produce as a fantasy receiver next year. Absolutely. All right. So we can move forward here. It does appear your boy. Your boy, Geno Smith, is going to remain on the Seahawks roster through 2024, and they're going to fully guarantee his uh, roster bonus that is coming up, I think, this week, actually. So it does seem like he's going to be the starter entering 2024. I don't see a way around it unless they're planning on drafting in the first round. What are your takes on that? I know Geno's your boy. I like Geno, and I wish I could say this decision was purely based on his performance, but his contract is below market value for even what bad quarterbacks have been getting lately. So it's a no-brainer. But if if his deal is better than Daniel Jones, it makes no sense for them to part with him and pay a different quarterback even more than what they're paying Geno. And Geno already knows the playbook. I think he's the perfect bridge quarterback. I absolutely expect them to take a quarterback, and I absolutely expect them to take one in the first round this year. They pick at 16. There's There might be as many as six quarterbacks taken in the first round, which is insane. But it's now become more of a financial decision than a talent decision. And this is the only year I can see something crazy like that happening. Um, I'm not saying it will, but this is the only year that it could. Um, Personally, Are you I know I've it? done this all around offline that I think Michael Penix would be the perfect quarterback for Seattle. Um, their new head coach, McDonald, was with the Washington College, um, Washington University, um, and their offensive coordinator was the head coach of Washington last year as well. Penix played for Washington. I think he would be perfect. He's kind of a Geno Smith type as well as like a Bridgewater type uh, with higher upside bridge to have Gino as a bridge quarterback would probably be very good i think they will take a quarterback i think this is a no-brainer decision to keep him on the roster and pay the guaranteed money because his contract is relatively small for, for a quarterback yeah and i think we've talked about this offline i think they would have been better suited to drafting a quarterback the year that they got rid of rust but they didn't go that route and they didn't go around this past year so it does seem like they're holding off for something. Hopefully they can wrap their head around a quarterback solution long-term shortly because they're going to have weapons that are going to be looking to be fed and they're not going to have anyone to throw them the ball. Now we're down to where they don't have all the extra draft picks and they're forced now to go draft a quarterback for sure right now, fingers crossed. Or or they could trade for Justin Fields who has unfollowed the Bears on Instagram. And reportedly there were multiple offers made for justin fields at the combine so over the last two weeks for justin fields and we'll also hear tomorrow and i'm really excited for this because we'll be able to hear it right from his mouth why he unfollowed the bears on instagram tomorrow on the st brown's bros podcast what do you think about fields you think this time is coming to an end in chicago yeah and to me the the two the only two destinations that make sense are atlanta and pittsburgh for fields uh, i think that he's official i think he was officially told that they're moving on and they're going to draft a quarterback and that's why he unfollowed them so i'm looking at atlanta and pittsburgh to see which one of them's gonna gonna bite first for justin fields i don't think he's going to seattle like i said i think seattle's gonna draft a quarterback 
I still think Geno Smith is a quality quarterback at this point. I think Seattle rehabbed his career, and I don't think he's a long-term quarterback. I think he's a bridge quarterback, so I think he'll still start this year, but he'll have a rookie playing behind him, whereas Justin Fields, like I said, Pittsburgh makes the most sense to me. Atlanta makes the second most. I think Atlanta would be better off getting a Russell Wilson type or yeah, I think trading up in the draft. The to take. I mean, they might just have to take the best offer. The best offer. So that's I would just take a little bit less but, to not be embarrassed. But for uh, for Jeff Logic, I think Russell Wilson to Atlanta cross conference, and I, I think, think that uh, I think that Fields to the Steelers. Okay. I think I think I think that Russell Wilson could be traded. Like for a very low compensation, but still traded. So he's still got five years, two hundred and fifty million left on his contract. So I feel like that's a hard deal to sell to another team looking out there. I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's really going to affect their twenty twenty five year. So if there's a team that has a lot of cap twenty twenty five going forward, I think it'll be fine. But I get that. Right. So we know Fields is on the move. We just don't know where, or at least we're reading the tea leaves that he's on the move. Um I know we announced last week that Anthony Richardson is starting to schedule to be throwing soon. And now Deshaun Watson is following suit where he's going to start throwing in March. So it looks like he should be a hundred percent, get a hundred percent of the off season in this year and be ready to hit the ground running for the 2024 season. No, he, you like him a lot this year. I do not. I think he did really good early on in his career and I had high hopes for him, but he's never been the same since his scandal. He's never been the same since the issues that he's gone through and transitioned from the Texans to the Browns. I don't expect that to be radically different this year. I think he's downgraded from being a potential franchise quarterback to now like a game manager. And to me, that's disappointing. I I want more from him. And I had bigger hopes for him when he first joined the league. I don't think I he's think a guy I anymore. Saw, and I don't, yeah. I think I saw a step last year that he was taking before he did injure his shoulder. And I know that we're going to discount that. But he was on pace for roughly 4,000 yards passing. And uh, that's not anything to scoff over over a run first offense with the job so i just i saw it last year i just didn't see enough of it you don't think that's because nick chubb got hurt that he was starting to pass more but who's to say nick chubb's going to be on the rosters this year i think he will be i just don't think he'll be 100 percent. i think it'll probably be like 70 80 yeah and he's got a 15 million dollar cap hit so that's the issue going into this year with nick chubb. good times with running backs but speaking of cap issues yep. the Buccaneers and Mike Evans were not able to come to a agreement, which is going to cost them roughly seven to eight million on the cap of dead cap money from what they've kicked down the the road. And so now they're going to have to pay that dead money this year, plus any compensation that they would pay him. And he's unlikely to be tagged because there was escalators in either his contract or just based on his salary last year that would have him paid about roughly seven million more than the regular wide receiver tag hit. So it does seem like Mike Evans looks like he is headed towards free agency unless there's some radical change at the last minute, which it could happen because I do think that he's happy in Tampa. So I think that he was pleasantly surprised with what what happened with Baker last year. So, and we assume Baker will be back this year. So it does look like he'll hit it though. Yeah. We'll talk about what happens with Mike Evans or what we think is going to happen prediction wise, but it's, Something that you thought that Mike Evans was going to be tagged, but we didn't know that the tag was going to be more expensive for him ahead of time. This is, like came out of the blue, like last minute, that it was like seven to eight million more than what the regular tag would be for a wide receiver. So that's that's interesting to to know now. Um, they're going to tag their best defensive player, in my opinion, uh, their safety. So I think that's the right move for them. It's probably the most economical 
Like, it doesn't make sense to tag Baker for like 35 to $40 million. So they can work something out that's probably a little bit cheaper than that. So I expect, like you do, that Baker will be extended. And we can talk about what we think is going to happen with Mike. Yeah, I think Baker hits like a four-year, $160 million deal with like the first two years guaranteed, kind of like Daniel Jones. I think Daniel Jones wrecked the market. And yeah, I just don't see I think we can both agree that Baker is better at this stage in his career than Daniel Jones is. Yeah, yeah, I don't see him getting less than Daniel because of that. So like that messed up everything. There were a few people out there shooting like the 25 million per year. And I was like, I was like at a bare minimum, I think even to get him to the table, it's 30 mil for a starting quarterback right now. Yeah. So we'll see if he takes uh, a little bit of a discount, but his coordinator's gone and it, it's with, he's with Carolina now. So I don't know. It won't be the same. He year might too. go downhill too. Yeah, yeah. It won't be the same year too, regardless. Um, but that opens up Mike Evans to follow his coordinator that we'll talk about a little bit later, but also saying goodbye on social media this week, it looks like Gabe Davis is saying goodbye to the Bills Mafia. So it does appear that Gabe Davis is headed to free agency too. And I believe he's like 25-ish years old. So he's uh, still pretty young and uh, you should get a bite at the free agent Apple here, probably 10 plus million a year. We'll see. I don't know if he'll get that much, but it just, it just depends on whether the team likes his upside or not, or if he signs on to be like the fourth or fifth wide receiver on a team. We'll see. But it doesn't make sense to the Bills to pay him because he hasn't been able to stay consistent. So I, I totally get them parting ways. And I think the Bills, I seriously doubt the Bills trade for a wide receiver. So they probably will draft one in, in his upcoming draft and try to gamble on somebody. Yeah, he's 24 right now. So that is an interesting little snippet there. He's still pretty young and he hasn't probably fully developed into what he can be. So we've seen teams take a risk on a Christian Kirk. Will they do the same on a Gabe Davis this year? Well, we'll definitely talk about it because after we wrap up the these news items we will do our predictions for free agents but we can move on to uh there's some potential cuts they're not guaranteed cuts but mike thomas and the saints might be going for a divorce it wouldn't save much but post june cut they could save three and a half million by cutting michael thomas it seems to me from the outside that there is a little bit of hostility and resentment growing so i can see a divorce however i can also see because of how much cap it he has for the next couple of years they keep him as well um mike thomas definitely a likely cut they'll save 20 million the chargers will save 20 million in cutting him it makes more sense to cut mike williams than it does keenan allen who's still very valuable keenan allen is, has been out there talking about he wants to be a charger for life it does i don't see any real reason why the chargers and keenan allen would part so mike williams is more obvious for them and tyler lockett's just kind of speculation if Seattle wants to move on from him since he is going to be, I think, 31, 32 this next season. They already have Metcalf. They already have JSN. Who they, those are second and first round picks. They have Bobo, who they really like as a third wide receiver. I could see them potentially moving on from Lockett since they might want to switch more towards a run-heavy approach, build up that defense with Mike McDonald being the head coach. So that's an option. They would save a bunch of money by cutting Tyler Lockett. Also, Dallas post-June cuts. Michael Gallup, Brandon Cooks, I think, would save the money. I don't think that those guys are worth the money that they're being paid right now. So I could see Dallas moving on from those guys. Jeff, how do you feel about that? Do you think any of those are reasonable? Which ones do you think are more likely? What do you think about that? I think the most likely one is Mike Williams, and I think the rest of them get restructured or redealed somehow 
to lower their cap hit for this year, and they kind of run it back considering how high-powered some of these offenses have been the last two years. Mike Thomas, Michael Thomas is a bigger issue because of the cap hit in the future years that it it puts on them. Um, Taysom Hill is a bigger issue there too as far as dead cap and how much it puts going forward. So you got to be careful of how much dead cap that you're adding to 2025 because before you know it, you're like 30, 40 million already spent in 2025 and 2025 isn't even here yet. So they just got to be careful of how they do that. And that's why they restructure more than they do cut. So I can, I expect Cooks making 10 million. I expect him to stay in Dallas this year. Maybe they'll lower his cap hit. Maybe they won't. We'll see. But uh, we'll see. Any other uh, trade candidates coming up there, Alec? So Brandon Ayuk is going to be on his fifth-year deal, or fifth-year option for his rookie deal. And T. Higgins is going to be franchise-tagged, most likely, by the Bengals. Yeah. Those guys, to me, seem like keep for a year or trade candidates. Like, Is that your interpretation? Do you think they'll work out deals with either of these guys? So do you think they'll keep them for one year? Do you think they'll trade them? Do you think they'll re- renegotiate with them? What do you think? Because either one of these guys could be netting their teams a lot of compensation and trades. Yeah, I mean, we're going off the assumption that T. Higgins is going to be tagged, so that we should be very clear on that off of the tea leaves that are going on outside. But Higgins is a guy that I think will not be on the roster this year, and if he is, it will be his very last year on the Bengals roster because this is the last year before they have to pay Jamar Chase. So, And I don't see them paying two wide receivers. I don't see them paying the cash for two wide receivers because that that roster bonus gets paid up front. So I can't see them doing Burrow, Higgins, and Chase and just being like, here's the Brinks truck, here's a Brinks truck, here's a Brinks truck, and uh, just paying them like that. Um, Burrow is supposed to be a franchise quarterback, so he should be the one making the number two and number three receiver versus being made already for him. Um, so we'll see if he can do that because I've always said this. A quarterback, we don't know if a quarterback's good or not good until they're off their rookie deal and they're being paid and there's less around them. So can you still maintain the level that you were at before when when you weren't being paid versus when you get that big quarterback contract? And that's kind of what tells me what's a good quarterback and what isn't a good quarterback. And this is kind of what Joe Burrow's time to shine to show me if he's a good quarterback or not. Um we're gonna we have other we have other quarterbacks that we're paying attention to, like Jalen Hurts. He's a guy that took a step back this year, and I don't know if he's the same quarterback without Jason Kelsey behind center. So just uh, I'm just giving an example of a quarterback that's finally getting or paid. Or Shane Steichen at, at offensive yeah. coordinator too. But he's a quarterback that got paid, and we're not sure if he's good anymore. <laughs> like we're we're still trying to figure out what he looks like it, without Steichen getting paid, and maybe without Kelsey at center, and that could take away the the brotherly shove or the tush push, whatever you want to call it, just because those two were so integral into that play. Um, but Brandon Ayuk seems most likely to stay put. I just don't know how it happens now that Ayuk and his fiance and his family and friends have came out and started speaking. But uh, I think that it would be the smartest thing to keep him because you have aging George Kittle, you have aging Debo Samuel that you can get out after this year, you have aging Christian McCaffrey. You need to have a young option still there. And Ayuk might be that young option that they agree to pay, and maybe they let Debo go after this year. Because I do think Ayuk's a better wide receiver than Debo is. But Debo is that Swiss Army knife. Yeah, I I somewhat agree with that. Uh, I just think the poison's in the water, and I think I think Kyle is a little prideful, and I think he's going to want to prove to people that it's all it's all his system. I think they'll trade Ayuk. 
you know, we just talked about this off- offline. I really like the idea of IU going to, to Houston. Reunited with Bobby Slowick and D'Amico Ryans. I think Ayuk, Nico Collins, and Tank Dell would be an amazing one, two, three, a wide receiver. Even bring back Dalton Schultz at tight end and then bring in Saquon Barkley at running back, all to be around <laughs> CJ Stroud would be the most amazing thing ever. Uh, You're letting your them come out. Boy can hope, right? A boy can dream. Uh, that's something that I'd really want to see. I think that Ayuk could also go. To the Bengals, if the Bengals move on from Higgins, I think that he could go to maybe the Raiders. I think he can go to another team out there to compete with the Chiefs and the AFC to potentially block out the Chiefs from making the Super Bowl and give the 49ers a chance to win. So maybe it's 3D chess. I don't know, but the 49ers are going to be in tough straights uh, next year in 2025 if they try to have both Debo and Ayuk. So they're going to have to make a decision now. Do we trade Brandon Ayuk, who probably has more trade value and get a huge haul now? Do we cut? I think those are all factors that go into it, as well as Ayuk's attitude. So I think those are all things that tie into it. So I expect Ayuk to be traded because at this point, I don't, I don't want to pay a wide receiver. The Chiefs have already shown the model that you don't need to pay a top-end wide receiver and you can still win Super Bowls. I think it's the, more the system anyway homes? because... I like Brock Purdy as a top 15 quarterback in the league. I know you disagree. Mahomes is the number one overall, but I think Purdy's still a top 15. Uh, I think it's more system than anything. Ayuk was barely used. It's, he over, he p- was super hyper-efficient. With 1,300 the yards is barely up. used? I mean, 75 catches, which is like 50 less than your typical number one. Uh, I think he was hyper-efficient, but he was only averaging a few targets a game, and I don't think that that is worth paying a lot of money despite how good he was. So I think he'll go to a team that will use him, and he will get 100 catches or more with a new team, yet he won't be getting it in San Francisco. It makes a lot more sense for them to cash in on it, get uh, retool their defense, retool their offensive line with cheaper guys on four- or five-year deals. I think that they'll also manage their cap going forward that way and get a younger wide receiver on a four- or five-year deal. So that's just what I feel like will happen. How many targets do you I think I you've got? You probably got... 100 targets with 75 catches. It was 105 targets through 16 games. So he's getting targeted at about seven seven targets a game. And he's converting big time because his receiving yards were one of the top in the NFL this past year. I think that he's going to want to go to a team where he actually gets 100 catches instead of 100 targets. So that's just my thought. So, so he was number seven in the NFL this year in receiving yards. In what world would he rather get 100 catches for 1,300 yards versus 75 catches for 1,300 yards? I think he'll get 100 catches for probably 1,700 yards with another so team. So he's going to be in Tyreek and CeeDee Lamb territory, though? I think he has the upside for that. The is it guaranteed? No, but I think he'll at least get 1,600 yards with a different team. I don't know. I would rather Granted, get popped it will be less, 10 times less, less per catch. Yeah, I would rather I think get it'll be less yards. Less. Per game, but I think it'll be to- more total. Yeah, but touching the ball seventy-five if I was times a wide receiver, I'd want to get the ball. I would too, but I also, if you're getting the stats, receivers you're getting. receivers like to touch the ball more than they do getting hyper efficient numbers. His career is going to last this is longer. Who they are? Yeah, I don't think they care about that. I think they think their career is going to last forever. The money they make is going to last forever. But what they want is to get the ball constantly, and I I just don't see him being happy. In San Francisco, I don't see he it. was number two behind George Pickens in average yards per catch. Yeah, I I think he wants to go somewhere where he catches more. That's my opinion, Jeff. 
We'll see. We'll see. He just wants to win. <laughs> That's what he said in his conference and uh if we're moving on here to the other thing that's going to impact all this is the 2024 salary cap and that's rumored to be around 250 million which is actually a little bit higher than we were thinking at 242 million this year so that could impact some decisions these teams have going into this year knowing that it's 250 million yeah i think that that's been quite a boon um there's a decent chance that the following year it might shrink but I think it'll help a lot of teams that are over the cap. I think the Chargers and the Saints are two of the top beneficiaries for this, but they're not the only ones. So I think it'll help people manage their cap situations, is my guess. All right. So what do they do with this money now that they have? They sign free agents. So now we need to talk about the 2024 current free agents right now. And obviously, as players are cut, we will um, add them to the free agency list and make predictions around that. Um, but Alex, first up from the quarterbacks is Kirk Cousins. Where do you see him signing this offseason? I feel pretty strongly, like almost 90% that he'll be back with Minnesota. I, it just doesn't make sense for them to part ways. Jeff, I don't know if you feel the same or you feel like another spot's more likely. No, I 100% agree with that. It's the best spot for both of them. They're both familiar with each other. They're both familiar with the system. Why change it now? Changing it's going to cause a lot more trouble than it's worth. And that's kind of is my next philosophy with Baker Mayfield, who I believe resigns with the Buccaneers, because I think that's his best place. That's where he's had his most luck. And uh, I don't know if any other team will be able to willing to take him at this point. As a starter. Yeah. So I, I 100% agree there, too. But the Buccaneers just make too much sense. It's not like he's going to go reunite with the Panthers and Canales in, in uh, Carolina. Again. That doesn't make any sense. They have Bryce Young that they're committed to making work. Where else could he go? I don't. I mean, maybe he could go back to Cleveland. That's not a good look for anybody. So I think Buccaneers are really. I know the only you had him going sense. back to Carolina. <laughs> uh, All right. We... Oh man. Um, I don't think he gets a starting job. I think that he gets a a backup job with a potential chance to compete or be a journeyman. Uh, I would really like to see him go to either Pittsburgh or Atlanta, but I think that there's higher profile guys that were also go to those locations so uh, i'm gonna i'm just gonna say atlanta or atlanta or carolina one of those spots oh i like him in, Car in carolina so i see him kind of sticking with shane steichen because he has the last two to three years so he probably re-signs with the colts and this probably gives him his best opportunity to start because i do believe that anthony richardson will miss a few starts this year just with the way that he plays and gardner Minshew will be ready to go into the game and he already knows the system and the receiver why break it up all right, Ryan Tannehill. There's really only two options for me that make sense. And for me, Ryan Tannehill either goes to Pittsburgh to reunite with, with uh, Arthur Smith, or I could see him backing up Anthony Richardson with the Colts. Yeah, he's, I got uh, been in that, he's been in that division. He still has a little bit of mobility to him. I could see him being a, a mentor, but I don't. I just don't see a lot of interest in Ryan at this point in his career. Yeah, he's going to go and uh, be the broadcaster for uh, Amazon when they have their playoff game because he's going to be 36 years old this year. So I don't know how, how many people are taking a risk on a 36-year-old quarterback that hasn't completed a season in a long time. So I'm going retirement. Yeah, right. We, we shall see. Let's move on to the running backs. Where do you got Saquon Barkley going and why is it the Texans? He recently started following, within the past week, a bunch of Texans on, uh, on Instagram. <laughs> so I'm going to say the Texans. I previously thought Los Angeles Chargers. I think those That's are the exactly two most likely, and then the third, the third most likely is Philadelphia, in my opinion. Yeah, I think Philly's going to be good with Gainwell, and they just signed Ty Davis-Price as well, so I think they're quietly stocking up their running back room so they don't have to spend on running back. 
because they didn't spend last year on Swift on his rookie deal. So, so I think uh, the Chargers, as you just said, I think it makes the most sense because they can revamp really quickly and they can get more to the style of offenses they want to get. Also, it helps Justin Herbert having a Saquon Barkley type back back there because he can throw the ball and dump down the ball to the back. And that's going to drive you nuts when you see Justin Herbert get almost a thousand yards from dumping down to Saquon Barkley after doing that to Eckler for all these years. It's not going to drive me nuts. I have money on I, I Before Barkley started following the Texans <laughs> players, I put money on Barkley going to the Chargers. So either way, I'll be totally fine. Gotcha. All right. So Derrick Henry, where you got him going? I think the team that makes the most sense for Derrick Henry is the Baltimore Ravens. They've not had a back like him that's physical since Jamal, whatever. Um, back in the day when they won their Super Bowl in the early 2000s, uh, I think that he is a very physical guy that can balance with Lamar Jackson. So I like him there. They're losing Gus Edwards and they're losing Dobbins. So I, I think he could be the number one there. The only other spot that makes sense to me is maybe the Cowboys. Yeah, I think you're looking for the name Jamal Lewis because he was one of the Lewis, Jamal Lewis. brothers. Yes. Yes, not to be confused with current running back Jamal Williams. <laughs> yes. But I got him going to the Eagles because I just think that that fit and it can kind of take some pressure off of that tush push if it gets sand or if Kelsey retires. So I do like Derrick Henry going to the Eagles in that particular Didn't scenario. you just say they're quietly putting together a running back group to not spend money and then you can have Henry going there? I did, but I don't think they'll have to commit more than one year to him, though. I think that'll be the difference. Well, I think a guy that is most likely to go to the Cowboys at this point is Josh Jacobs. There's been there's been some smoke in that direction, and uh, we all know Jerry Jones likes to to sign superstars. And Josh Jacobs, at this point in his career, is very similar to a Zeke Elliott in his prime. So I can totally see that happening. And Jeff, what do you feel? for Josh Jacobs. I feel really bad for him, but uh, that's only because of his last season. <laughs> um, oh, you meant what team do I feel for him? Um, I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys as well. It makes so much sense on paper. And if he goes there, he's going to be Pollard times two at the very least. And that's just going to take so much pressure off of Dak and that offense. And it might get Mike McCarthy that illustrious first playoff win. Yeah, uh, potentially. So that... That posed the question, what do you think happens with Tony Pollard? I'll let you go first on this one. Oh, man. So Pollard's going to have to go to a place where they need to have a back that's a pounder and pair him up with them. Um, a few come to mind. Like it, Obviously, if Derrick Henry was still in Tennessee, that would come to mind right now. Uh, there's your team that comes to mind because I think Damian Pierce could be the pounder and I think uh, Pollard could be the the running back for for them but if i'm thinking this through uh, i could see pollard go one of two ways he could go to a, a direction where he's going to get the most opportunity or he's going to go the way of getting the most opportunity for a championship and it'll be really interesting to see what he prioritizes because i could see a team like the kansas city chiefs looking for another weapon another running back to pair with pacheco especially as mckinnon ages out of the league but let's go in a different direction here and I'm going to go ahead and put him on your Texans. And the reason why I'm going to do that is because he's going to be recruited by Dalton Schultz. I think the most likely scenario for Pollard is re-signing with the Cowboys. Even if they sign somebody else, I don't think he's going to command a huge salary this year. So I think wow. Pollard's going back to the Cowboys. Wow. Okay. I will, uh, I'll take that. But uh, I got him going to another Texas team in the Texans. 
So we'll see who's right and who's wrong on that one. But uh, pair him with Damian Pierce, because I know you believed in Pierce last year. And uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, but we have another displaced running back here in Austin Eckler for me. And for you, you could still send him back to the Chargers. What are you doing with him? I think it depends on Saquon. Um, if Saquon goes to L.A., then I could see Eckler moving on. Um, but in this scenario, I don't have Saquon going to L.A., so I think they could resign him for cheap. I mean, you can think about Minnesota. You can think about the New York Giants at this point. Neither one of them have somebody. But uh, I think Eckler back to the Chargers, and I think they potentially draft someone like Blake Corum in the draft who played for Michigan, played for Harbaugh, to be the young guy waiting in the wings or to rotate with Eckler. I just think Eckler's not going to have a big market. But Jeff, how do you feel? About Eckler. So I think Eckler still has something left. I think he had an injury last year, and so we'll have to see what he does going out onto the field. But I think if I'm thinking through this logically, I think the most, the best place for him is to help a rookie quarterback learn a system, throw to him, be a check down for him, and that's the Chicago Bears at this point. So I kind of got him going to Chicago, and Roshan would take on more of the pounding back, but that would kind of leave Khalil Herbert in the in the open, which I know goes against everything that I've ever said, but uh, I'm going to go with the Bears here. For me, I think if he's not back with the Chargers, I think he maybe goes to replace Saquon with the Giants. That's just my thought. But I think that there's another running back that we don't have on the list that we should talk about as well. I think that Mr. DeAndre Swift, who doesn't look like he's going to be back with the Eagles, I want to know where you think he is going. So he's going to be another scat back type, So, but he's also a guy that's oft injured. So I could see him being paired with like a Kyron Williams type. I could see him potentially going to uh, supplement Aaron Jones in Green Bay um, because A.J. Dillon is a free agent. We're not going to be talking about him today, but he should be on the move. I just don't see a ton of pep in A.J. Dillon's step. So I am going to go with the Packers on this one. I would like to see him. In that same division, but with Minnesota, him with Kirk Cousins would be quite spectacular, in my opinion. So, no, you don't I like, like that? Ty Johnson. I don't like that. I like Ty Johnson. Don't ruin my dynasty assets, sir. You like that? You like that? Uh, I, I think he'd be a, a higher profile running back than anybody that they have on that roster. I know that you, you want someone to work out for uh, dynasty reasons, but I think Swift. Returning to that division and playing with the Vikings and going for a playoff run would be ideal. I think that's the best spot for him. Yeah, I could see that. All right. So the last one is a, a former Texan, and I got him going to the Colts, and that's Devin Singletary. Where do you find your incumbent starting running back going? I, he resigns with the Texans. Whether they get okay. Barkley or not, he's going back to the Texans. They they like him too much. Uh, it makes, makes a lot of sense to have some depth there if Barkley gets hurt, or even if Barkley doesn't come, like he'll be a solid veteran. If they don't get Barkley, they'll draft somebody, so they'll have a nice platoon. I'm curious, though, why the Colts? They're going to have a opening at running back two with Zach Moss moving on, and he'll probably get a decent deal, even though I don't think that he's that much to rave about. I watched him here in Buffalo, and Singletary outperformed him. And I just think Singletary is a nice compliment to Jonathan Taylor, and he can spell Jonathan Taylor from time to time. It's not a terrible spot, but I, I think he goes back with the Texans. I'm just impressed you didn't say all the running backs are going to the Texans. <laughs> I 
personally prefer to draft running backs rather than spend money on free agent running backs, but not this year. The Texans seem like they're going to improve this year. Yeah, free it's a big, it's a big deal with Stroud so young to get that running back position to help him. all right we can move on to the wide receivers here and i'll let you get kicked off with mike evans and i already know what team you're gonna say first so go ahead every receiver's going there i think mike evans most likely resigns with buccaneers i think that he's been pretty adamant that he wants to be a buccaneer for life i expect baker to be back so i think evans will be back i think that there's a potential chance that they cut godwin i think he'll be a cap casualty that's a possibility i'd rather have mike evans any day of the week so that makes the most sense. I think Carolina's a good backup for him. And then, obviously, everyone's going to be trying to put a wide receiver on the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs draft another wide receiver instead of free agency. But, Jeff, where do you have Mike Evans going, and why is it Carolina? I do think that's a decent possibility to follow the coordinator from last year, but that was only a one-year coordinator job, so I don't really find that to be too too like big right there as a reason to, to follow them. Um, I do anticipate Mike Williams staying or Mike Williams, Mike Evans staying where it is going to be warmer because I do think that he's going to be better there. And I could see him signing with a team like Jacksonville or the Texans or even the Cowboys, to be honest. If I'm being honest, opposite CD Lamb would be really nice. And then I would be on total board with getting rid of Gallup and Cooks. <laughs> so, but uh, I'm going to go with the Buccaneers as well because I just, I, uh, I wish they would have got something done before this, but they didn't. And uh, yeah, so they're going to have to deal with that extra $7 million dead cap. I think either Texas location was actually pretty good because he did play in college at Texas A&M, um, which is about an hour, hour and a half away from the Houston area. So he could play for the Texans, be that big target guy. He could play for Dallas. I think Dallas could use a big target guy to balance with CeeDee Lamb. So those are both really good spots. I think he probably grew up as a Cowboys fan. So I could see him playing at either spot. And to me, Dallas would be the better route to pursue a Super Bowl if you're looking at roster talent. And you wouldn't have to go through Patrick Mahomes through the NFC until the Super Bowl. So those are those are good spots. I think it's most likely the Buccaneers. He seems pretty loyal. But those are definitely good spots I didn't think about for him. Yeah, I just I really like it opposite of CeeDee Lamb, but I am not going to predict Josh Jacobs and him and, and Mike Evans going there and they're spending all their money on offense. Like, that doesn't feel right either. And then also Tony Pollard, according to you. So <laughs> it just feels like a lot of cap space quickly. All right, one of your favorites now, Michael Pittman. Where do you got him going this year? I don't see him leaving the Colts at all. It, I, I haven't been able to think of any possible destination for him because it just seems like a foregone conclusion that they will resign him. Maybe they franchise tag him, or maybe they outright resign him. I don't know. But, Jeff, what do you think is most likely for him? So I think uh, tag and extension is most likely for him with the Colts because you can't get rid of this wide receiver with Anthony Richardson. Because if you get rid of him, what do you have? And what are you having your second-year, basically, rookie quarterback throwing to? Because he's played, what, four games in the NFL so far? So it's basically re-entering his rookie season again this year. And to have nothing to throw to seems like you'd be setting him up for failure just be him and jonathan taylor josh downs your boy yeah that's not enough though there's no tight ends there's no there's nothing yeah it just makes too much sense to bring michael pittman back uh, i don't see anything else happening and we could talk about the next tag candidate that we've talked about for a couple weeks now and that's t higgins with the Bengals. we uh we both think he's going to be tagged i would expect but does he stay with the Bengals or do they tag and trade him to a team? Jeff, where do you think he ends up? Or do you think he stays with the Bengals? This is the wide receiver that ends up in Carolina. And he's going to be Bryce Young's number one for the next four to five years. 
And that's just all there is to say about that. And uh, they're probably going to have to give up a second or a third round pick for him at the very least for this year. Oh, I disagree with that location. Um, the tough thing for me is I know where I think he's going to end up, but I don't know if it's 2024 or 2025. I think by 2025, he's in Tennessee with his former offensive coordinator. Um, I think that's the most likely spot in my opinion. But he absolutely could end up staying with the Bengals this year for a Super Bowl run and might not go to Tennessee until 2025's offseason. So I'm kind of 50-50 staying Bengals or going Tennessee. I don't see another team as a realistic op- option for him. Yeah, so we'll see. And uh, But which one are you hedging? Are you saying staying with the Bengals this year or going to Tennessee? Lock it in. I think it's more likely he stays with, I think it's more likely he stays with the Bengals. Okay. For a season. All right. Now we can move on to a guy that's pretty much moving on because he said goodbye to the Bills Mafia, and that's Gabe Davis. Who does Gabe Davis sign with? Oh, I wish you didn't type it in because I was going to say the same thing, and now now you won't believe me. Um, <laughs> I I think first the Chiefs have been targeting a lot of deep threat wide receivers, and he is a deep threat big play wide receiver. I think he's better than Hardman. I think he's better than Watson. I, I think he's better than MVS. I think he's better than Sky Moore. So I could absolutely see the Chiefs reaching into the bargain bin again and sign someone like Gabe Davis. I can absolutely see that. I can also see them reaching into the draft for a big target wide receiver. So it's funny. Um, sorry I spoiled your pick there, but <laughs> is that where you're you're sticking with them? Yeah, I just find it because I think the Chiefs want to stick it to the Bills. And I think they'll cut MVS and Hartman and all that dead weight, and they'll be able to use that cap money towards Gabe Davis. And I uh, put him on the chefs for you and the Chiefs for me. Yes, that's a throwback to the commercial that's on TV right now with the guy that mistakenly puts the chefs at the end zone. Uh, what do we think is uh, a second option? Like, What do you think is the next best besides the Chiefs? Like, Where else could he go? Bengals. See, I was thinking the the Giants, just how desperate they are at wide receiver. Yeah, I don't know if he goes there though. I think he's gonna have choices. They might be the they might be the highest bidders for all we know. Yep. So, but New York State tax, so they're gonna have to be by far the biggest bidders. Well, I mean, he's been in New York this whole time, so. Exactly, and the Giants aren't in New York; they're in New Jersey anyway. So New Jersey State tax. There's only one true New York Ugh. NFL team, and that is the Buffalo Bills. You are you're very proud about that, so. I'm also correct. So speaking of (laughs) next up and betting, where do you want to bet that Kelvin Ridley goes? I think he re-signs with the Jags during the free agency actual period. So they avoid forfeiting a second round pick, but he stays with that team. That is what I think is going to happen. Jeff, is that what you agree with? Or what? Yeah, there's ways to get around giving up that second round, making that third round pick go to a second round pick. And all he has to do is hit the free agency period to do that, from what I've read. Um, obviously, you could read some stuff on the internet that's not like 100% true, but either that or they just wait to the end of the draft and they sign him. So, And there's no reason why he would want to compensate Atlanta more for <laughs> losing him. Like, So he's got incentive to wait also, as long as there's like a wink, wink, nod, nod behind the scenes. But he had a pretty good first season with Trevor Lawrence, and uh, I would like to see what happens on a second season with him, because we forget that Ridley had a year and a half off between the gambling incident and the mental health incident. And I think that he's played himself back into shape and he actually made some plays down the stretch last year. So I would love to see him continue to build chemistry with Trevor Lawrence. All right. This next one is much more difficult uh, to pinpoint, but 
Marquise Brown. Hollywood Brown with Arizona. Now a free agent. Was formerly with the Ravens. Where is his best fit? Where is he likely to go? So first, I want to say that if Arizona didn't have the a top five pick here and we're, weren't going to almost certainly go Marvin Harrison Jr., I would say he would be back with the Cardinals, but I could see the Cardinals being comfortable with Marvin Harrison Jr., Michael Wilson, and Rondell Moore this year, and just mm-hmm. let it roll. And, uh, and so McBride. Leaves, Don't forget about McBride. Yeah. Yeah, that leaves Hollywood Brown kind of out in the open. Um, he's not a guy that I would want to see somebody like my team, Carolina, go after because I think he's oft injured, and I don't think that's helpful to the growth of a team. He would almost have to certainly go to a team with a veteran quarterback and a veteran presence, and for that reason, I think that he could end up with the Jets. Hmm. That's a that's a little bit of a spicy take. Could you see it with Aaron Rodgers, I, though? I could see it with the Jets. Um, I could also see Carolina since they wouldn't have to give up a draft pick. So Carolina makes a lot of sense to me. I think that. If Atlanta goes after Russell Wilson, I think having Brown opposite London at the wide receiver position could be really nice. I think that the Chargers, I think they're looking for a deep threat. I don't think Quentin Johnson is it. I can see the Chargers going after Brown as well. I'm going to guess Carolina out of those four. So I'm going to go Carolina just because they need a wide receiver upgrade. They don't have the draft capital to get everything that they want. So they might have to go after the best free agent they can get. So that Agreed. only for that reason. Agreed. Um, I could see it too. And I would cringe at that one. So, <laughs> all right. So moving on to tight ends, we only have two of those. And uh, the first one is your guy, Dalton Schultz. And who do you got him signing with? And why is it the Texans? Texans make the most sense. Uh, he wants to resign there. They want him back. He did well in that system. You want to give, your young quarterback CJ Stroud as many weapons as possible. I think it'll be a little bit cheaper than that one-year deal that they did. Um, so I think the Texans it. make the most. He's the number one tight end on the market too, and he outperformed that. So you don't think that he'll at least reach that again? I don't think he outperformed what he was getting paid, but it might get at least the same level. That's fine. Yeah, I could see them tag and extend him too um, if they can't reach a deal before free agency hits because you can't let this tight end walk. I just don't know if there's other teams out there that are interested in him. So I, no I get, other tight I get ends. that. He, yeah, but everyone else has already drafted tight ends. I, I feel like there's not many teams that we're going to pay him. Picture him on the Bengals when T Higgins is gone. I think the Bengals draft one. They don't want to pay. Okay. They don't want to pay someone. They don't want to. So, but Schultz would be half the price of Higgins and get over half the production of Higgins. So, but there's a lot of smoke now around Bengals and Brock Bowers which I think would be very interesting. Don't pass on the Chargers. Uh, The Chargers might not take him. They might trade down and get more picks. And the Bengals might trade up for quality weapons that are cheap. That's something that I've heard. I don't necessarily disagree with it. I think that could be pretty interesting. So I think yeah, absolutely. Texans for sure. I think though a first round rookie at the seventh pick is going to make at least 7 million a year. And I think Schultz made eight or nine. So I don't think it's that much cheaper in the grand scheme of contracts. I mean, we'll see. But I think Brock Bowers has the potential to be a generational prospect to tight end. So it's just how much do you believe in him? How much do you trust your own scouting? That kind of thing. I think Schultz is a above average to pretty good tight end. I don't think they're the, the same. Great. What's the last one on our list here? We've got Hunter Henry coming off the Patriots. I don't think that he wants to stay with the Patriots. So um, where I think he's the second best tight end available. You can argue he might be better than Dalton Schultz, depending on your viewpoints. 
Jeff, where does Hunter Henry go? So he's a guy that I actually could see going to Carolina and uh, because we don't know what's going to happen with Hayden Hurst, to be honest. But the guy does turn 30 this season, so we do need to be aware of that. So he's not going to get a big deal here. So I could easily see him go to Carolina here for a couple of years. So I'm going to say the Panthers on this one. And for the reasons of they don't really have a tight end right now because we don't know what Hayden Hurst is going to be able to do after his memory loss. Interesting. That's not where I thought you would go with that, but he's only two years older than Dalton Schultz. Um, He's been a borderline fantasy one, if not an outright fantasy one uh, during his time. I could see Hunter Henry going to potentially the Chargers returning there where his career began. (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to lock that in though. Um, I could also see him going to a place like Seattle or Denver because I think Noah Fant is gone in uh, Seattle this offseason as well. That's Uh, correct. I didn't put him on the list because I don't think that he's that big of a weapon. I don't think he's finished below tight end 16, like ever. That's awesome. I have to find a quarterback to get him the ball, though. I could see him going to the Texans if uh, Schultz moves on. I could see him resigning with Seattle, honestly. I think... I think oh, uh, Fant? Uh, yeah. I thought we were still on Hunter Henry here, where you were locking it into a team. No. You're stalling. <laughs> and just so we're clear, I'm gonna go... I did get clarification on the seventh overall pick. They get paid $4.9 million this past year, so it wouldn't be that big of a discount for the Bengals to draft it at seven or even five at $6.2 million. I, I think it's significantly cheaper. So you know what? I think I think Bengals will be fine drafting a tight end. Anyway, I'm going to go Colts for Hunter Henry. Ooh. That's a good one. I like it with Anthony Richardson, but I think we're thinking along the same lines as that because a young quarterback needs a tight end to kind of throw to. I think the Texans proved that with Dalton Schultz and uh, and CJ Stroud last year. I think that helped him a lot. Yep, I agree. All right, do we have anything else to add? I believe that we have covered it all for this week. All right, well, that does it for another episode of the Never Too Early Fantasy Football Podcast. Thank you, everyone, for downloading and listening to this episode. And please. Please like, subscribe, and please comment and share the show. Every little bit helps. Um, Interactions help us get noticed. Sharing it to your friends and family definitely helps us. The more subscribers, the more viewers we get, the more the algorithm picks us up. So we would really appreciate it. You can find us on all podcasting apps by searching N2E Fantasy and with our handle at N2E Fantasy on all social media platforms. Please join our community and give us a follow. Until next time, take care of yourselves and remember, It's truly never too early for fantasy football. Thank you again. Bye, everybody.